from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. When we're talking about our institutions, it's kind of important that we trust the process. Yeah, because I'm an uh, avid uh, LGBTQ um, ally and supporter, and I believe in all of that. But I don't think she should recuse herself for that very reason. This is not in a religious opinion, and Sonny would know this best. When you write these opinions, they're pages long. As, as the general public, we hear the headlines of the, the results, not how they got there. It's kind of like a math problem. They have to cite and source every single part of what they do, and judges across this country go to work every day and have to set aside their personal beliefs so despite maybe not liking where she gets through her legal philosophy I don't think it necessarily is immersed in just her religious no. belief that's the view defending Justice Amy Coney Barrett and and you thought today was gonna be a total wash ha! I'm uh, uh, I'm almost impressed. But what's the idea that she should have to accuse herself from anything? Uh, the justice uh, should have to accuse herself from a case that involves uh, gay this or lesbian that or transgender this because because of her religion? Well, that's a precedent. Everything you wouldn't want in American society, there you go. It's it's it, You don't want the religious to oppress you. Right? You don't want any religious oppression. You want freedom. But you want to now create a world where you can oppress the religious by saying you're not capable of doing this job because you believe in Jesus. That's, that, that is a special kind of leftism that I, I want nothing, nothing at all to do with. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What are you doing, fools? 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. Um, there uh, is a total freakout going on about Twitter. It hasn't stopped. I actually have exclusive audio of people freaking out. And it's exclusive only here to uh, to Tony Katz today. Exclusive just to us. You won't get that anywhere else. Losing their mind. And I have a series of stories. Starting with uh, the 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 most recent, and you'll see this all over your social media feed, where uh, Elon Musk took a picture of this is my my side table, my bedside table right now, and uh, there's a gun which I'm pretty sure is a toy, and then there's a collectible firearm, and then there's um, four cans of caffeine free Diet Coke. Ew, David. Four cans of caffeine free Diet Coke, all of them open. He's like, this is my, my bedside table. And everybody's got an opinion, starting with, seriously, dude, get some coasters. Because the man's got water rings. $300 billion. You haven't figured out how to get a coaster? I have Tony Katz coasters. I will send you a sleeve. You know what? Take that back. Eight bucks. Turnabout is fair play, people. You're charging me eight bucks. I charge you eight bucks. That's the way it goes. But that, of course, has got uh, everybody uh, talking in and out of their minds. But it happened before this, of course. When guys like Chris Hayes over at MSNBC, writing at the New York Times, says his worst fears have been realized now that Musk owns Twitter. Because some of the worst trolls are now back on the platform. 
your worst fear is that somebody might name call you on a social media platform you don't even have to pay, be on or pay attention to? Why is that? How is that? How does that work? Every day I get phone calls and emails from people who are like, Tony, you're so wrong. Tony, you're a hypocrite. Tony, you know what I do? Sleep like a baby. What am I going to This is your worst fear? You know what my worst fear is? That the squirrels can communicate with themselves and set a trap for me. This is my worst fear. That the squirrels will rise up against me. A vicious mother, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. Twitter? Nowhere near. But people so freaking out about Twitter and these people who are allowed on Twitter. People you might not like, people you might disagree with, so be it. That there's now a push to have Apple Store, the Apple Store and Google Play, remove the app so it's no longer available on your phone. To which Elon Musk has said, well, if they drop it, I'll just make my own phone. The response to that, same response. Now, this is really a very, very interesting play out here. And to the extent that this will happen, I don't actually think it will. But follow. We questioned what Twitter was doing, what social media was doing in, a, in keeping people from engaging, keeping certain things from being engaged with, like, for example, the New York Post story on Hunter Biden's laptop. And they said, well, if you don't like it, start your own platform. Th that's what they said. So people started their own platform called Parler, and the left said, nope, 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 you can't have that, and pushed their friends at Apple and Google not to allow it on the store. So people said, okay, we'll find another way. And this guy who had the cash bought Twitter for $44 billion, one of the weirdest business moves ever, but bought it for $44 billion and is allowing people on the platform. And now the left says, you can't do that. And the response is, he bought it. It's his. Go start your own platform. They say, oh, no, 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 no. We keep you from speaking. If we can't have control of it, we will burn this mother effer to the ground. Is what we'll do. Two men enter, one man leaves. Two men enter, one man leaves. And so now they want Apple and Google not to allow it on the platform. You understand, you see, you witness how authoritarian these people are. If you tell me that tech is not left leaning, you are a liar. It's not worth the lie to even try it. You would have to be like this. Oh, the left isn't, the, 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 the big tech people, that's not left leaning. <laughs> okay, okay, it is, it is. I was kidding. I tried to do it with a straight face too. Did you see me try with a straight face? Oh, I couldn't do it. That's, of course, big tech is left leaning. Of course, we see it every single day, and we see it in all the places. They couldn't hold on to the platform. Now they want the platform destroyed. I would argue 
not being a conspiratorial man, I would argue that one of the reasons they want to destroy it is because the last thing in the world they want is for the information to come out about how much they were throttling people on the political right and those they disagreed with. The data must be just jaw-dropping. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think we should all see it. America should see, the world should see how hateful and bigoted the people running Twitter really were. But now let's go into this idea. What if Elon says, I'll, I'll make my own phone? He has the technology to do it. He has the money to do it. And I would argue, and this is why I think that both uh, Apple and Google will take a step back if they're seriously considering the idea of deplatforming. And there's nothing that shows me right now that they're seriously considering it. Although something may have come up just recently, I haven't seen it yet. I think there are enough people flat out disgusted with Apple uh, and Google that they would be more than happy to look for an alternative. Over there at Wired.com, it's a story that came out uh, today. A peek inside the FBI's unprecedented January 6th geofence dragnet. I'm sorry, they're geofencing what? Google provided investigators with location data for more than 5,000 devices as part of the federal investigation into the attack on the U.S. Capitol. So people had their privacy thwarted because the federal government wanted information and big tech said, here you go, I, I threw in the part, I assume that's how it went. A filing shows that Google initially identified 5,723 devices as being in or near the U.S. Capitol during the riot. Only around 900 people's wired reports have been so far charged with offenses relating uh, to the riot. Yes, there are a vast number of people, myself included, who will be more than happy to do something other than Apple or Google. And Microsoft, for that matter. I am still stunned to this day that BlackBerry, which is still making phones but not utilizing the BlackBerry world, the BlackBerry operating system, just bring it back, guys. Give me a touchscreen with a tactile keyboard in a platform or on a platform that isn't Apple or Google. Are, are, you, are you kidding me here? Yes! 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 I don't know how that part. I don't know how that part came into it, but sure, sure, whatever it takes. Oh, there's a huge market, huge. So now you're Apple and you're Google. That you're the dominant players. Are you going to give a couple million people a reason to walk? I didn't say they were going to get a hundred million people to go to uh, to Musk Phone, which is a terrible name. I'm saying that they will lose some market share and some people will move over. Now you're going to have telecommunications companies not working with Elon Musk. Now Verizon and T-Mobile and this one. Oh, no, we're not going to provide you service. 
Ryan Reynolds could get service with Mint Mobile, but Elon Musk can't stop it. The whole thing will run via Starlink. Elon Musk's internet service? Dear Lord, if you're Apple or Google, you got to ask yourself some serious questions before you want to go down this road. Because just like Elon was able to get investors for Twitter, in the idea of a phone, there are some real, real economic opportunities. The freakout is nowhere near over. And it's all because they can't believe they don't have power anymore. Which brings us to Robert Reich, the former labor secretary of Bill Clinton. Robert Reich is a fool. He's a fool. He is what we call in the business not a bright guy. He's a professor at Berkeley. Uh, People should demand their money back. Here's what Elon Musk fails to understand, writes Reich. 86,000 people have liked this tweet, you can imagine. Here's what Elon Musk fails to understand. Much of a corporation's value lies in their workers, their knowledge, skills, and ideas. When he fired half of Twitter's workforce and drove off even more, he wasn't cutting costs. He was actively destroying what he bought. To which Elon Musk responded, interesting, now pay $8. That's good stuff right there. But I must say that how uh, that Robert Reich is is completely wrong. A corporation's value may very well involve the workers, their knowledge, skills, and ideas. And yes, it is very possible that when he fired half of Twitter's workforce, he wasn't cutting costs, he was destroying what he bought. Or... What was keeping the corporation from thriving was those workers, their attitude, their their oppressiveness, and, of course, their ideology. And when he fired half of Twitter's workforce and drove off even more, he wasn't just cutting costs. He was actively creating a better company for tomorrow. It's a 50-50 proposition, isn't it? What Robert Reich fails to understand is that maybe the company wasn't great. Maybe the company was a big, giant pile of crap. It stinks. And Elon Musk is getting rid of all that crap to find what lies underneath. That's what Robert Reich fails to understand. That and um, that he no longer gets to be in charge. Oh, also, um, he's he's probably not rated well on Rate My Professor. That's just a guess. I haven't gone to check it. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Gaslighting is the word of the year for 2022. Tony Katz. 
Tony Katz today. Gaslighting is psychological manipulation of a person, usually, that causes the victim to question the validity of reality or memories and typically leads to confusion, uh, a lack of self-esteem, uncertainty of one's emotional or, or mental status. Uh, that's that's what it is right there. Uh, gaslighting is when Joe Biden tells you how this economy is going just great. It's just going uh, terrific. This is gaslighting. Over there at The View, have you guys been following following the story of Balenciaga? Uh, The clothing company, super high-end, and uh, they had kids posing with teddy bears for one of their ad campaigns, but the teddy bears were in bondage gear? Which, um, yeah, that's... That that is that is weird. That that takes being a furry to a whole new level. It's kids. Not what adults do. Feel free. Kids posing with these teddy bears. So if you want to know what gaslighting is, gaslighting is the view which, you know, I just earlier I played something they said right and then this What's going on here? I found this ad campaign particularly distasteful um, in this moment. So there's this, there's growing anti-LGBTQ sentiment right now. And how it's being framed is as portraying, you know, trans people as groomers. This is a term you'll hear on the far right. They're groomers. This is where you get the anti-drag queen stuff that we're seeing. So Balenciaga played right into their hands by having kids in a sexualized manner carrying something that represents, you know, sex acts. I think it was a really bad misstep at a moment where it's just kind of a dangerous time to even give credence to those kind of insane takes. Gaslighting, Alyssa Farah. You are so shameful. You were so polite to me when I was doing interviews with Vice President Pence. And look at you. This is beyond shameful. This is gaslighting. Because the gaslighting isn't, oh, look what Balenciaga did. It plays into the hands of the far right. That's not the story. That's the gaslighting. Saying, you see, it's the far right is going to exploit this. Balenciaga did this because they're fine with the idea of sexualizing in front of children. Never mind possibly actually sexualizing children. They thought it was fine. This is about them. This isn't about the far right noticing it, and that's exactly how she wants to play it. She, Alyssa Farah, is doing the gaslighting. And now you know how the word is used. It's like... Was that electric company where they did the two parts of the word? Gas. Lighting. Gas lighting. Alyssa. Farah. Fool. See how it works? This is Tony Katz today. So President Joe Biden, you know he's President of the United States. It's, it's, it's true. It happened. I know you've got questions. What about this? What about that? But you deal with reality. He's the President of the United States. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. You had the shooting that took place uh, there in Colorado at this gay nightclub. Then you had a shooting that took place at a Walmart in Chesapeake uh, in, in Virginia. And on cue, you have the political left screaming about we need to do something about guns, but there's something about guns means lawful gun owners somehow lose their rights. That it's just too bad, sorry for you, but in order to keep the children safe, we have to do this. That's usually how one of the many, many arguments plays. But when these arguments play out, 
We find that the amount that they know about firearms to be infinitesimal. It's why when, when I speak about firearms, you never hear me talking about specifics about firearms. You hear me talking about the Second Amendment, an argument that I can engage, a concept I can defend, uh, and I can do that anywhere at any time. But in order to understand firearms, you have to be studied in the thing. And the people who do that, man, you, you can't fake it. If you try and fake it with those people, they will destroy you. I don't even attempt to do it. I bring in the experts and on the Second Amendment and uh, laws about firearms as well. Cam Edwards joins us right now. He is the editor-in-chief of BearingArms.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Cam Edwards, C-A-M-E-D-W-A-R-D-S. This was President Biden. Just the other day, Cam Edwards, the story is there at BearingArms.com. The idea, he says, and I'm quoting, the idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It has no redeeming value, not a single solitary rationale for it except profit for the gun manufacturers. Take your time, as much or as little time as you need. Discuss with me what is wrong with that statement. Uh, okay, well, I'm glad I can take as much time as we need because there's a lot wrong with that statement. So, uh, first of all, Tony, thanks very much for the invite, as always. It's good talking with you. But, um, you know, this is not the first time that we've heard Joe Biden talk about semi-automatic firearms, right? Not just, quote-unquote, assault weapons. But Joe Biden has talked about why we have these 9 millimeter handguns. Yeah, I mean, he, he has been very broad in terms of uh, the guns that he has talked about banning. Now, look, maybe that's just you know, his pudding brain, uh, you know, spitting out whatever uh, comes to mind. But I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's the case. And one of the things that we wrote about at Bearing Arms here is something that the gun control lobby has been pushing for uh, probably six months or so, uh, really hard. They've been going after this for, I think, about a year. But they want the Biden administration to reclassify a certain number of semi-automatic firearms, including rifles, but also perhaps Glock pistols as machine guns under the National Firearms Act, which would be a way to impose a gun ban without a vote from Congress. Um, basically, they are the argument for the gun control lobby is that uh, these semi-automatic firearms are, quote, readily converted to machine guns. Uh, we're seeing things like, you know, these little Glock switches that are popping up, auto sears. These are illegal. It's, a, it's a, basically a 10-year federal felony if you possess one of these things. But you can put them into a handgun or a rifle. Uh, and it basically uh, mimics fully automatic fire, right? So you pull the trigger one time and multiple bullets come out. Um, because criminals are importing these devices from China or they're making them on their own, uh, the gun control lobby says, well, listen, they, they're, you know, they're turning these semi-automatic firearms into machine guns, so therefore we've got to regulate them under the NFA. And that would, in effect, not only ban the future manufacture of semi-automatic firearms, but it could ban the current possession for tens of millions of legal gun owners. So as we often see amongst what I would easily refer to as the gun-grabbing crowd, the anti-Second Amendment crowd, somebody does something wrong, and the answer is to take away everything from everybody who's doing something right. This is the constant procedure. This procedure never seems to work. Are you seeing something in what they're doing and what the political left is doing, we'll, we'll call it that, that that shows them that this is, this is the way? I don't think so, but I, I think we've got a couple of things going on here. Uh, first, the, the Democratic Party is in such lockstep with the gun control lobby, right? Um, and the two are unfortunately almost one of the same at this point. 
um, which I think is really disturbing because we're talking about a right that applies to all Americans, regardless of your political affiliation. Um, but I think in order to keep the spigot of gun control lobby money coming from folks like Michael Bloomberg, uh, you know, Democrats are willing to go a long way. And I think, in fact, you know, a lot of them are eager to do this as well. They really do have this animosity towards you and I being able to protect and defend ourselves. Uh, of course, they're protected by armed guards, and that's fine, right? The same semi-automatic firearms that Joe Biden says uh, nobody should own are the same type of firearms that they see. Well, actually, they're using you know fully automatic uh, uh, weapons to protect the president. But again, we're talking about the vast majority of firearms that are sold in this country, and these are the very objects, the very firearms that Democrats are out there saying need to be banned. Talking to Cam Edwards of BearingArms.com, B-E-A-R-I-N-G, BearingArms.com. There have been a lot of conversation regarding this shooting that took place at this nightclub, this gay nightclub in Colorado, mm-hmm. because it, it seemed that it, it didn't fit proper narrative, that here you have uh, th- this horrible, I mean, five people got murdered. We They were murdered. This, this is horrific. And then they find that the shooter describes himself themselves as non-binary and then you have an entire world of people saying no that's not true that's a man and somehow that conversation that 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 back and forth has put an end to people discussing what took place at at this nightclub as if somehow these five people who lost their lives oh well you no longer fit the fable you no longer are able to help move this anti-gun narrative what else do we know uh, about this shooter and how often do you see that when something doesn't fit narrative it gets it gets pushed aside and is no longer uh, useful to those who want to take away second amendment rights no i think it happens all the time um you know but we've also seen the opposite we've seen Joe Biden uh, try to craft a narrative that absolutely doesn't exist. For instance, uh, there was a shooting in Raleigh, North Carolina, a few weeks ago, in which a, a 15-year-old used a shotgun. Uh, in, in the White House's first press statement, Joe Biden called for a ban on, quote-unquote, assault weapons. Um, after the recent shooting at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, not far from where I live, where three football players were killed by a, a former teammate and, and current classmate who used a handgun, Joe Biden, once again, called for a ban on, quote-unquote, assault weapons. So, I think we're seeing the Democrats try to create a narrative, but they are also, as you say, trying to move away from uh, reality when it doesn't fit their agenda. So you'll go back to the Colorado Springs shooter, for example. This guy apparently was arrested just last year, charged with a felony. If he had been prosecuted, if he had been convicted, he would have been a prohibited person. I'm not hearing anybody talk about that, Tony. Instead, I'm hearing a lot of uh, you know, Colorado Democrats say, well, this shows that uh, you know, red flag laws aren't being used enough. Uh, they're going after the sheriff of El Paso County uh, because, you know, he, he declared the El Paso to be a Second Amendment sanctuary. That's not the issue, right? The issue is we had a failure of the law enforcement system, of the criminal justice system. Same thing happened, by the way, in Charlottesville, where the shooter was arrested last year, charged with felony hit and run. That case was dropped down to a misdemeanor. He ended up getting a suspended sentence. So rather than talk about the existing failures of our court system, where, you know, violent offenders and serious offenders are getting slaps on the wrist. As you say, the Democrats, they want to focus on legal gun owners. They want to focus on law-abiding citizens. And we want to, they want to try to ban their way to safety by turning our rights into felony offenses. 
Move now to what took place in Virginia, in Chesapeake, where you have this guy who was, I guess, in some level of management at the Walmart. He purchases a firearm that day and decides he's going to shoot his co-workers that evening. I think they work a late shift, an overnight uh, kind of shift there. Has there been any part of the purchasing of the firearm that where any rules weren't followed, regs weren't followed, the, the background check, was it done uh, to any level improperly? This this seems to have been a lawful purchase, but I don't know if this this uh, person who was who was killed in the, in the event... Um, had any other issue or him himself having other issues with police or run-ins with police like you talk about uh, there in Colorado Springs? Yeah, not to the best of my knowledge. Um, you know, police in Chesapeake have said that he was not on their radar. Uh, former employees, coworkers have said that, uh, you know, the guy was kind of combative. He was, uh, you know, kind of a jerk, but, but nothing that had risen to the level where they felt like he was a threat, apparently. Um, and so, again, you know, the, the gun control advocates out there say, well, uh, this proves the need. we got to do something, quote, unquote. Now, they can't really tell you what that something would be, right? Maybe we need waiting periods. Uh, maybe you should have to wait. Maybe you should have to go through a mental health screening before you can purchase a firearm. You know, there was just a case out of Hawaii where a, uh, a sailor uh, was trying to get a, a gun permit. You have to do that in Hawaii before you can purchase a firearm. And he was denied because he had reported that he was feeling homesick at one point. And had gone to a therapist, uh, was diagnosed basically with depression, but it wasn't anything serious. It was something you know, he was handling. That was enough, uh, according to the uh, police in Honolulu, to deny him his firearms permit. He actually sued, and a federal judge just ruled that the uh, state of Hawaii was wrong uh, in denying him a permit. He should get one. But that's the type of stuff that gun control advocates want every law-abiding citizen to go through, right? Before you can exercise your right to keep and bear arms, you have to prove somehow that you are worthy that you are justified uh, in exercising those rights. And that's not how rights work, Tony. You're right. We start with these rights, and we can, we can have them taken away if we commit a violent crime, uh, if we're a prohibited person, if we're adjudicated mentally defective. But you start with your rights intact. And what gun control activists want to do is flip that. So you start without any right to keep and bear arms whatsoever. And only once you satisfy the uh, mandates of the state will you be granted permission to exercise a fundamental right. This we, we see time and again. And we also see that this is true in, in regards uh, to Twitter, that some people shouldn't be allowed free speech. They shouldn't be allowed the platforms. They shouldn't be allowed the town square, even if they're awful people and saying awful things, to which I think there are a lot of awful people saying awful things a lot on social media. But I, I'm referring to Taylor Lawrence. And other people are referring to Kanye West. I don't think Kanye West is a good guy. He ain't my friend. I wouldn't have had him for dinner, but I understand that Trump did have him there for lunch or dinner or whatever it was because they have they have a history how the other guys show up as i've talked about that's a whole different subject but you're you are right about this concept that the rights are as opposed to the rights are granted if a right is granted it's not a right talking to cam edwards of bearingarms.com he is the editor-in-chief over there bearingarms.com i want to play this for you This was a conversation that happened on MSNBC, and I bring up the whole Trump and Kanye thing for uh, this specific reason. This is Joe Scarborough, uh, I I don't know, trying to connect uh, to the the people, uh, I guess. You listen to this, you tell me. That said, 
The Republicans have tried what you're talking about. Okay, let's just pretend we don't want to offend the rural voters in you know certain section here or there. I'm not saying all rural voters are extreme, but you just brought up rural voters that came out. This formula didn't work in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and most dramatically, this formula didn't work in 2022. Show me five rural voters in in, in in rural Arizona that would be offended if you attacked white nationalism. I will show you 500 voters in Maricopa County that will be glad you did that. That's what I don't understand whether you're talking about George or he gets into this conversation about rural voters. You live in a rural part uh, of Virginia. Uh, certainly, my beloved Indiana has its its rural locations. Um, I don't think you and I are going to be sitting with white nationalists for dinner, Cam. Something tells me that's not who our dinner <laughs> companions are, and we've had many a dinner together. Um, but this idea that uh, the 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 rural voter isn't extreme. The like that somehow has to be uh, said that somehow rural voters see things uh, regarding Trump, for example, as anything goes and everything's fine. You live in a rural community. You live you live in a farm. You're a man with goats, and goats freak me out. Um, what is the take of rural America? in your area of rural America, when they see Trump engage this lunch, this dinner, whatever it was, with Kanye and this this Nick Fuentes character who I had to read about. Yeah. So as if, I haven't talked with any of my friends about uh, that particular dinner, uh, but every Thursday I get together, and you're right, I live in rural Virginia. I'm actually looking at cows in my neighbor's pasture right now as we're talking. Um, every Thursday I get together with a group of buddies, most of them are, you know, they're, they're, they're blue-collar workers, right? One of them owns a, his plumbing company, a couple of general contractors. One of them uh, is an electrician. Uh, one of them owns a restaurant. Uh, one of them owns a lumber company. And this guy is the biggest uh, MAGA fan that I know. Uh, you know, he's got the Trump flags on his truck. He, he, he shows up for dinner every Thursday with his Trump T-shirt and his Make America Great Again hat. But after the election, uh, we were talking, and he said, you know, he said, I just don't think Trump can win. He, he, it wasn't necessarily Trump's personality, but he said, I'm, I'm ready for DeSantis because I just don't think that Trump can win. I think Trump's a drag. And I, I think that that is the attitude that I've seen from a lot of my rural friends um, going back to the midterms. You know, they just don't see Trump as a winner right now. Uh, and without that mystique, he's just not their preferable candidate. You know, look, there are they're going to be the diehard Trump supporters. They're ride and die. Right. Well, great. I think most conservatives and most republicans they want to win they don't they don't they don't want to have a candidate that they love who loses every time what 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 good does that do um and i think that's really the danger for donald trump right now is that you know he he's a lot of his fans uh don't see him as the the winner uh that uh, he was you know just a couple of years ago and i think you know listen i i think this was a huge mistake for donald trump i think his ego uh, is getting in the way of, of, of everything. Uh, and, you know, when you sit down with um, a guy like Nick Fuentes, even if you don't know who he is, you sit down with a guy like Kanye West, when you know the trouble that Kanye's been having, um, you know, you invite controversy. And Trump has been no stranger to controversy, but but he's been able to manage it far better in the past. And now it just seems like he's kind of swinging wildly. 
Cam Edwards, BearingArms.com. We'll talk more about this in the future. Cam Edwards on Twitter. I appreciate you. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Just a quick little bit of follow-up on this whole Trump dinner thing with Kanye and, and this guy, Nick Fuentes. I mean, I, I, I never followed the guy, knew very little about the guy. I, I said earlier what I knew about him could, like, fill a thimble, but I, I did look him up in his comments and his words. He's not my guy, a white nationalist, a Holocaust denier, not my guy. But people have said, well, what he can? it's okay for him to have lunch with, with Kanye, but not this dude? And my answer is he has a history with Kanye. If he thinks he can help out a friend who's in trouble, who's done something wrong, we're supposed to, I, I'm not surprised by that. How this guy got invited, this Nick Fuentes guy, this Holocaust denier, and Trump allowed it and nobody checked it, that's beyond my understanding. Cannot figure it out for the life of me. And I'm certainly not okay with it. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. <laughs> 